What's up, everyone? It's your host, Jonah. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Enlightenment Show. And if you're new, thanks for tuning in. Smash that follow button so you don't miss any new episodes. Hey, everybody. It's T. We're talking to Casey Budge, the host of Western Sounds Podcast. Casey is also a student of the veterinary field. Casey had me on his podcast, and we had a great conversation about country music. Casey, thanks for coming on the podcast. How's it going, man? Oh, thanks for having me on, you guys. I'm doing real good. I'm really enjoying the nice weather that we've been having the last couple days up here. Yeah, this is uh, take two of the episode because the first one didn't uh, go right. So. so, yeah, he might be a little irritated with yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not irritated at all. Awesome. Well, we'll get back to it. So tell us about yourself, Casey. Yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised in a little town called Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful places on earth that holds the entrance to the Grand Teton National Park, the Yellowstone National Park, and some of the most breathtaking views in the nation. I grew up rodeoing and raising 4-H animals, and I love the Western way of life. I decided that I wanted to rodeo and spend a lot of time putting time and energy into rodeo pretty young, so I dedicated a lot of time and energy energy to that and i love everything about the western culture and that's why i decided to start my podcast do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast sure sure so i guess it makes more sense to start off talking about kind of my tiktok career and how that kind of took off so i started making videos kind of just for fun about that tech stuff that i like relatable stuff about vet tech stuff that I enjoyed and phenomenons that I saw going on. And they started getting a lot of response and like a lot of people really enjoyed them and related to them, especially the stuff about how tough getting into vet school can be and that sort of thing. So I started making videos and stuff about that on TikTok. Well, I eventually decided, you know, I want to talk about more than just vet tech stuff on here. I want to talk about Western music and that sort of thing. And Whenever I post one of those videos, it would get maybe a tenth of what my normal videos would get about vet tech stuff. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to branch out and I'm going to start a podcast about and talk about the rest of the stuff that I want to talk about. And I have a real passion about country music, especially music that doesn't get played on the radio as often. And so I just decided to call it western sounds because it's western music and western culture and it gives me the opportunity to talk about a lot of things not just music but a lot of different things right you can make it your own and you talk about rodeoing and uh all that right yeah yeah i talk about rodeo news i talk about a little bit of my experience rodeoing i think i'm gonna start introducing a segment here in the coming weeks, it's called Rodeo 101, where I go over one rodeo event uh, at a time and kind of explain to people who don't know, maybe don't know that much about rodeo, a little bit more about each event. Are you going to try to have rodeo people come on? Yeah, yeah. So my sister is the new Idaho High School Rodeo State Queen. So I'm going to interview her, her before she goes to nationals uh, in a few weeks. Oh, get congratulations ready for that. Congratulations to your sister. Yeah, that's oh, really thanks. cool. Yeah, she's she's awesome. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. But anyway, go. You were saying something else. Go ahead. Sorry. I I, I don't know what I was saying to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um. So have you reached out to try to get some of these uh, red dirt and Texas country artists to come onto your show and talk to you? You know, I've reached out to a couple of them, and I've heard back from one and we're still trying to figure out logistics of when my schedule is because you guys dealt with it this week uh my schedule has been crazy the last couple weeks with work getting rearranged my schedule getting rearranged so i've been trying to figure out a time when i can get them on that works for them and me uh so i'm working on that but i've i haven't heard back from a lot of people and uh so i'm working on growing a little bit more and getting a little bit more recognizable. So, and like what I've really been trying to do is just be present on the people who I really want to talk to is like Twitter posts and that sort of thing. And like Instagrams and like comment on their Instagram posts and that sort of thing so that they know me and they recognize my name when they see me in their DMS. They, it's not just someone reaching out. It's someone who they've interacted with before and that sort of thing. Right. That's a good way to go about it. I yeah. never really thought about doing it like that. That's a pretty good way of going about it, I suppose. Jenna doesn't like to talk to people. <laughs> I send the emails out to everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he gets everybody on I was, the show. <laughs> I, I was about to say, T, I, this is like the second time that I've talked to you, ever. I talk to Jenna pretty much every day. <laughs> I, I'm the full-time mommy. I get to, you know, hang out with the kids and take care of that business and I get maybe an hour of just time to record and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, she tries to do a lot of the research and uh, when she's not with the girls, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had to give you a little, I had to give you a little shit there too, though, T. <laughs> no, it's completely understandable because you're absolutely right. He's always doing spaces and like talking to people and he's like, you should really reach out to these people. And I'm like, I can jump in every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She doesn't get too involved in things too much. Oh, I, I can't. oh that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're busy. Yeah. She supports me. That's the biggest thing she does. This See, there you go. Yeah, this wasn't even supposed to be my thing. This was supposed to be his, and I just watched the kids. But here we are. Make it here magic. we are. <laughs> yep. I believe uh, everybody else says the same thing, that since bringing you on the show has been a lot better. It's because I'm wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back. Anywho. Yeah, let's get back to you, Casey. Uh, ah, dude. Uh, so veterinarian, you're going to school to be a veterinarian, correct? Yes. Okay. So how long does it take to go? How long does it take to get your certificate and be able to start reaching out to veterinarian clinics and get a job into that? Yeah. Yeah. So I am currently a junior in college. I, uh, rodeoed and got my associate's degree in Sheridan. And then I am working on my bachelor's degree right now in Laramie. And so after I finish my bachelor's degree this year, then I will start applying or I'm going to start applying to vet schools this year. But uh, once I get into vet school, it'll be another three to four years. Depending. Uh, 
and then I have to pass my board certification tests and uh, get interviewed by boards so that I can get licensed in the states that I want to practice in so that uh, I can actually practice. Yeah. Is there a certain type of veterinarian that you're trying to be? Yeah. yeah. So I am really, I really want to specialize in equine reproduction. That's always fascinated me quite a bit. Uh, I've loved horses ever since I can remember. And so I want to help bring them into the world. And that's what I'm really passionate about. I love horses. So does that mean you'd be there for the birth and through the birth or you're talking about actually in the breeding process? So it's a lot more of the breeding process as far as horses go. Horses, it's horses as far as the births go, they happen really quickly. So it's not as much like cattle and uh, other species where you kind of have to be there for it. If it doesn't go right, it's not, it's not going to go. And like either one of them or both of them are going to pass or, uh, it's going to go well. Like it's, it's one way or the other. It's not, uh, there's not a lot that you can do while the birth is going on it as far as horses. Not really. but, you said both. How rare is it to have more than one horse? Uh, horse twins are, are pretty rare. Actually. I was talking about possibly them, mother, uh, mother. Oh, scratch that question. And I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so you pretty much just want to impregnate horses yes yes so <laughs> i mean i mean like you say it like that but like that's a that's a day-to-day thing at uh the clinics that i work at like like we we, we literally breed horses pretty much every week yeah i was just joking <laughs> i want to go into yeah. depth about this so you actually work in the field right now Yes, I do. Uh, the clinic that I'm at right now is not large animal be, just because I'm home and I had to switch clinics because I moved home to stay with my parents for the summer and make some money while I'm going to school and everything. So it's a lot cheaper to be here than to live by myself at the very moment. Uh, but when I'm at school, I work at a clinic that is mixed practice. So we do large and small. Animal. Well, that's cool. Have you ever yeah. ran into... Any uh, exotic animals? A, a lot of exotic animals. We had so at the clinic that I worked at in Sheridan, there was one vet who did almost exclusively exotic animals, and we did birds, we did lizards, we did rabbits, we did snakes, we did what was it? we did a lot of ferrets. <laughs> so, what was the coolest one you've come in contact with? I don't like exotics, uh, but. The, the snakes were pretty cool. I thought they were interesting. Nope. Yeah, we don't do snakes. Nope. <laughs> Not me. Nah, I'm good on that. <laughs> Not me. I'm good. Snakes and spiders, I'm good on. Nope. 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 nope I don't like nope. spiders, but, but snakes are fine. <laughs> so what's your plans uh, going through veterinarian school and then after? So as far as... So school-wise, I've got like three years and I'm going to try and work part-time through just to keep my experience up and keep working so that I can be the best possible veterinarian that I can be. And then after that, I'm going to go, it's tough because I'm not exactly sure 
where I'm going to be at that point. I don't know where I'm going to go to vet school and that sort of thing. And it just depends on the opportunities that I am afforded with when I get out of vet school. So I might go and work somewhere um, because breeding season, horse breeding season is only about three months out of the year. So I would go and do that for that time of year. And I, I can't afford, like I could not afford, especially because I'm going to have to take out a loan to go to vet school anyway. So I will not be able to afford to buy my own clinic right away. So I'll have to work for a number of years before I can afford to even look at opening that Right. Well, that's understandable. So how many different yeah. specialties are there in a veterinary field? So anything that is in human medicine, we do in veterinary. Yeah, like there are, there are vets who just take care of puppies. There are vets who just do cancer. There are vets who just work on equine lameness. There are vets who just do uh, canine orthopedics. There are vets who just do feline urinary stuff. Like it, it gets in, in extremely specialized in veterinary field, but the vast majority of people are just general practitioners. So that there are a lot, a lot of general vets who work on a lot of different stuff, but it also gets very specified too. So you, you kind of have to go one way or another because you're not going to make a lot of money if you're not very specified or not very general, if that makes sense. So you kind of have to have an equal amount of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So coming out of, of college, would you be able to go right into like a zoo or something like that? I could, yeah, yeah. I could go and work in a zoo. I could go work in a lot of different places. That I mean, it just really depends on the opportunities that I get afforded with. Would that interest you on the other side of that three-month breeding area to work at a zoo and get to work with those lions and tigers and elephants and all that good stuff? Man, I saw, so I was watching a Discovery Channel show about a zoo and they had a equine repro vet who came in and did uh, like ultrasounds for their rhinos that they were doing that uh, they were trying to breed. And I think that would be pretty cool. I think that that would be a good way to spend the rest of my time is just to go and help out at places like that and see like super specialized stuff like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. How freaking cool would yeah. it be to walk up on a pregnant female lion just laying there looking at you in the eye, knowing that it could just eat you, and you're just like standing there looking at it like you can't do nothing. You're sedated, buddy. <laughs> I mean, that would have to be a trip because in the back of your mind, it's like any minute now. It could just wear off. Yeah. And I'm yeah. done. Yeah. That would be That's going what through my mind. Is for. Yeah, that would be going through my mind the whole time. As soon as that cage <laughs> opens, I'll be like, mm, give, me, <laughs> give me that gun just in case. Yeah. Jenna's obsessed with I mean, lions. <laughs> I am, man. They're they're such an interesting creature. Lions are interesting. Yeah. I wish I had the way of life. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're such a weirdo. <laughs> Sleep all day, let the let the wife go hunt. That'd be awesome. I'm just kidding. Babe. I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting a death look right now. Anyway, we're digressing. We always do. Always. As as one should. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. He always tells me that I need to get a job that makes more than what he gets so that he can stay home. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, it is. What? You know, Come on, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's every man's wish to be a stay-at-home dad. That's a fact. Yeah, he wants to be a stay-at-home dad without the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, the kids what, would be. Once, once the kids are all gone, then you can be the stay-at-home dad, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, 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 Jonah, that's just called retirement. <laughs> I know. She needs to make enough money for it. Maybe. I keep telling her and her friend that they need to start a podcast but because they just talk all kinds of crazy shit, and it's funny. But I know half the episode would be them laughing. It, you literally, because <laughs> we literally laugh all the time, and they are always like, you have so many different laughs. You never laugh the same. And then my friend was like, we'll just make a podcast of you laughing in all your different ways. <laughs> the many laughs of teeth. I was like, that's so not true. <laughs> so what, what would be kind of the hardest uh, specialty area to get into the veterinary field? Uh, oncology. Oncology is super competitive, and that's string cancer. If yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's super competitive. Uh, canine oncology is not—it's not fun to deal with either. So I, I don't have no desire to do that, but it's super selective too. So what it? What is it? Can you give us? A- it's, yeah, yeah. So like like treating cancer, like doing chemo and that sort of thing. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So he wants to be the life giver and not the life. Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to be at the end when they have cancer and that thing. I just want to treat it. I cry. I cry every time an animal dies. So I definitely couldn't do it. Like I mm. couldn't oh, get that part. Um, and, me and my girlfriend were talking about this because she works in the human medical field uh, and she works in an ICU unit. And she, we were both talking about this, how we are, we, sometimes we feel like we're emotionally like stunted because of it, because of all the stuff that we have to see on a daily basis. Like we're numb to it. So like we don't, Sometimes we feel like we don't feel as much because we're having to deal with all of that death all the time. So my sister-in-law works at a funeral home, and she helped bury my first husband. And you wouldn't even know that like she knew him by the way that mm. she she's just so professional. And she doesn't really know how... I mean, she knows how to do it in a professional way, be there for somebody, but she's not emotionally crying or anything. She can keep herself together, and it's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, but but I can tell you from personal experience that that takes a toll on you because when you have to be that, when you have to hold there and hug someone while they're crying on your shoulder 
while because they just put their best friend down and then you have to go into your next appointment and act like everything is fine it takes it takes a toll and yeah that that is the hardest part of it all is that and that's one of the main reasons why I don't want to work in a small animal clinic uh after I get out of that school is because I don't want that to be the daily grind. I don't want euthanasias to be the daily grind. Right. You want to make them babies, not. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I just think it's awesome. Like, you don't think about it being a career, like making horses or like, you know what I mean? Like, inseminating them. Like, you don't think of that as a job. Like, you don't, I I never thought about it as a job anyway. Like, I knew that people did it because of ag, like I was an ag, but. Yes. I never actually thought about it as a career. I know that you got to do some interesting stuff in that process, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's Do you have to wear those Lego gloves that go up to your shoulder? I mean, I could, I could go through the whole process. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm almost to that point where I'm like, I want to know the whole process of what it takes to breed a horse. Let's do it. I mean, I'm down. Let's 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 do it. Okay. So starting off, you well, okay. So there are two different ways kind of to go about it. Yeah, you can either live cover or artificial inseminate live cover. It's obviously just the horse breeding. Uh, that's pretty simple. But uh, then once you collect from the uh, stud horse when you're AIing, you have to. One, ultrasound the mare to make sure that she's going to be in heat. So you're ultrasounding her uh, uterus and both ovaries to see when a... Oh, my goodness. This, uh, yes, but I'm trying to think of the technical term. It's a corpus... Corpus luteum is after they've already done it. I can't remember, but there's a term for when the egg has um when it becomes a follicle basically and so when it goes from just being an egg to a follicle so then is the time when you have to breed them and you have to breed them every so many hours and so basically you go through and you uh rectally palpate the mare and you basically get a hold of the reproductive tract and then with your other hand you go through and you get through the cervix and you implant the semen right in there in the uterus so that when the egg comes down, there's a bunch of semen right there ready to attach and fertilize. Are you stunned? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to process this. And then once the egg is fertilized, there are two options that people really do. Some people just let that mare carry the baby or you can flush the egg out and implant it into another mare so that that mare can carry the baby and either you can flush more eggs out of the first female if she's like a super good mare and you want her to have multiple babies in one year or you can uh, continue to compete on that horse. So this happens a lot in the performance horse world. So you will flush three or four eggs or three or four embryos out of one mare and then uh, she can continue to compete, 
but she can start producing colts at a much younger age. Okay. So like um, IVF in humans, kind of. Uh, it, it's, it, it's like that, yes. And, and also, there is a new process. It's, it's a few years old, but it's pretty new and pretty interesting. They will flush an empty egg out of a mare and inject one sperm cell into a uh, into an egg. And so, number one, it's guaranteed fertilization of that egg. But also, they can sex the semen beforehand. So they can, with a great deal of accuracy, almost guarantee that it's a male or a female. And they can also... They can also, sorry to interrupt, but uh, they can also make sure that that sperm doesn't have any deformities. So they can make sure that it's most likely a good quality baby out of that. I was going to ask, so whenever you guys flush eggs and put them in another horse, what is the chances that it's actually going to take? Like not Really, really high. And it didn't used to be that way. So what we've had to do is we blood type the horses we do like a certain weight range and a certain body fat content on the horses and then we also match up their when they come into heat so that the hormones are correct in it so that you they have to come into heat within hours of each other so that the hormones are correct and it all lines up. That's so cool. I think that's so cool. <laughs> Jonah's just like really taking it in. <laughs> okay, so when they flush the eggs and put them into different mares, is there not yeah. a chance that that embryo picks up some of the traits of that mare that you're implanting it in? So, so that's an interesting question because when they clone horses, uh, yes, they, they do clone horses semi-regularly. Uh, when they clone horses, you will have a batch of cloned horses and they will all have different like facial markings or they will all have slightly different stuff on them. So genetics isn't everything and you will also get some mitochondrial DNA that forms on its own and that's passed on through the blood supply so so you might get some traits from the reset mare who carries it but it's not a it's not a large percentage of it okay most of the most of the genetic material is already there from your sperm and your egg cell so are they not really worried about, you know, maybe these horses that they're paying so much to breed, losing some of the traits that they need to be such a high quality horse? No, not really. Because uh, 90, like 99.9% of the genetic material, again, is coming from the two horses that they are, uh, that they're wanting to breed for. So it's only a tiny, tiny percentage that's coming from the reset mare. And so, like, like I said, it can affect a little bit of the coloration of them. It can affect a little bit of that. But the intelligence and the trainability and the athleticness is all still going to be 
mostly, mostly, mostly factored in by the two that they're breeding by. But they're probably not going to pick a horse that already has bad qualities, right? Like whenever they're breeding. Uh, so, yeah. So, so yeah. So your reset mares are normally going to be like old performance horses who got crippled, who maybe wouldn't be good enough to breed on their own, but they're not going to be terrible either. Right. Yeah, that was one of my questions that was coming up. Oh, I apologize. No, I jumped in. You're fine. You're good. You got it. <laughs> you got the answer that I was looking for. Thank you. That was just a thought, and then he just, you know, Grandma I'm just smart that. like that. Two <laughs> <laughs> steps ahead, like always, T. <laughs> he knows what I'm about to say. Yeah. We're weird. I apologize. apologize. Oh, don't apologize. Uh, anyway. So where do you find your future going with your podcast on top of being a veterinarian? Are you going to keep doing your podcast through the whole journey or what are you going to do? Yes. So at some point I'm going to, uh, the Western sounds podcast may not last in its form as it is. I enjoy doing it like it is. I enjoy it and hopefully I can keep it going. But at some point I want to also add a veterinary podcast, something like that, uh, talking about what it's like to be a vet and that sort of thing. So if I can manage both of them at the same time, I will, but I feel like that is going to be a priority and that will help me in my career as a veterinarian as well. So I will, I, I've fallen in love with podcasting. I love doing it. It's incredibly fulfilling and it's amazing to look back and listen to myself and all the work that went into it and just know that I've put all of this time and effort into something and see it succeed. And so that's awesome. But the podcast as it is right now, may not last because I may not have time to do both. Which is completely understandable because you'll be a veterinarian anyway. <laughs> exactly. You'll exactly. have less time. A lot yes, less time. Exactly. A lot less yeah. time. Well, that's awesome, man. So can you tell me what has been the most enlightening moment in your young life so far? Yes. So for me, the most enlightening moment was when one of my good horses passed away super unexpectedly. And that taught me a lot of things. That taught me, one, that life is incredibly precious and that we need to cherish and protect it at all costs. And we need to protect our way of life as we know it at all costs because Again, if you give up the way of life that you're living for security, it's not worth it, but you can't waste your life either. So there's a, there's a balancing act there for sure. But you, one is that life is precious and two, that I care about animals and people so much and I don't ever want to be helpless like that again. I don't ever want to not be able to help 
when I can't. So that's why I want to get into veterinary medicine for one. And for two, that's why I am working on uh, getting uh, paramedic certified too, is because I, I don't ever want to be helpless in a situation. Well, that's awesome. That's an honorable answer, my man. So young, but so bright. Yeah, you got a bright future ahead of you, and we're looking forward to uh, talking with you again further in your veterinarian career, and hopefully you get that podcast going, and hopefully you have time to keep Western Sounds, because it is a good podcast, man. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. We enjoyed having you. You're always welcome back anytime you ask. All right. All right. And you guys are more than welcome to come on Western Sounds anytime, too. You especially, T. I, I was need to so get on upset there and- that I couldn't because we couldn't get a sitter. So I was so upset. And I even listened to all the songs on the playlist and I ranked them and everything. And then I just couldn't get a sitter. So. <laughs> Well, T, you reach out to me and let me know. I am going to be recording on Sundays. I am going to take a week off because I need a break. This last week is taking my butt, but I'm going to I'm going to take a week off. And you let me know when you want to come back on the podcast because I would love to have both of you on at any time. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah we we'd missed like you. That. We missed you on that episode. I came I came a little prepared with what you had, but. People want to hear what you have to say about it. And I have a lot to say about everything, so. <laughs> well, well, trust me, I, I love a lot of Oklahoma country, so we'll talk about a lot of it. There we go, there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she loves Casey Donahue. I do. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, I'll, I'll save some Casey Donahue okay. to talk about with you. Where can everybody find you and your podcast? All right, you can find me on Facebook at Western Sounds Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram at Western underscore sounds. And you can find the podcast anywhere where pods are cast. Just search Western Sounds. Hell yeah. Make sure to go check him out. He's got an awesome podcast. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You can find us on Facebook, the Blue Collar Enlightenment Show, and at the BCE Show on Twitter. Give us a follow and remember to message us about what you think about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.